Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All right, it's the noontime hour. We're going to talk with uh, President of Basketball Operations, Danny Ainge, in just a uh, two couple minutes here. Uh, get into the draft. Obviously, uh, people have not been pleased about it here today. And uh, I think a lot of it has to do with what the expectations were and what people thought. There was a lot of talk over the last week that they may be able to pull off a big deal. Um, It's interesting because you get some people that have been telling us all along, and we've been talking for weeks now, about the possibility of one of these blockbuster deals where you get one of those seasoned veterans, uh, uh, Jimmy Butler, even one of the two big guys from Philadelphia, and people kind of get excited about getting mm-hmm. a veteran player that can contribute right away, and yet you get some people who sit there and say, no, nah, let's be patient, let's take our time. And I'm kind of and I'm kind of surprised that some people act that way, but today even those people seem a little antsy, don't they? Well, I just think, yeah, the recent success, uh, you can now, you can see, you know, you can take another level. You can take another step. Like, that's tangible. That's that's real. It's not – this isn't just some, oh, okay, we just got lucky. They see the coaching staff. They see the players. They see the attitude. They're like, all right, they see what other teams are doing. We can do the same thing, and we don't need as much as them. We're better than those – we're better than the Phoenix Suns. We're better than uh, than some of these other teams that, ju- that are just scrambling, Sacramento, L.A. It's tangible for them, and I think the patience is starting to wear off based on the fact that, all right, other teams are making moves. Why aren't we? It's the NBA, though. NBA is a different league. You, you've got to you go. You can go ahead. You can do what Brooklyn did. You can sit there and try and do what Brooklyn did and just give away everything because you're not going to build a team by getting some over-the-hill type of guy that will give you two years. Get a, give me a top The Celtics are doing it the right way. It takes a lot longer. But once you figure it out and establish it, it lasts twice as long. All right, let's find out why they did what they did last night. President of Basketball Operations, Danny Ainge, joins us live. Mr. Ainge, how are you today? Good, Glenn, Christian. How are you guys? Good, today? man. They, they love you today, Danny. I don't know if you've been listening to any of the radio. Man, they just, <laughs> they just love you. Actually, you were the one that did bite Tree Rollins, according to Celtics fans today. That's how they feel about no, you. I, no, I, I, I bit a man's ear off one time, remember? I do remember that, too. You, you're an evil, evil human being. All right, let's get right to it. My guess is that originally, on your board, you looked at it and said, we've got to be aggressive and we've got to get a veteran and a top 10, top 15 player if we want to take it to the next level. I can't believe what you ended up doing, and I think I have an idea of why you did what you did last night. I can't believe that was first on your board. Was it? No. no we've, we've spent the last three months ever since from the – well, first of all, even before that. So prior to um, All-Star break um, with the some of the assets we had. But, I mean, like you said, Glenn, there, there's – how many of those guys are and how many are even available for anything for any amount. I don't think it has anything to do with the value of our players, the value of draft picks. I mean, those things do have value. There's no question about it. The question is, is just, you know, you have 30 teams buying and uh, the championship teams are usually built on, you know, top 10 players in the NBA. If you look at the history of the league and they are rarely available. So, you know, I think that the the situation came down to, 
um, trying to move a pick. There was a lot of discussion that went on, a lot of interest in the pick, um, but not really. We just couldn't get anything done that we really wanted. To. All right, why couldn't why couldn't you get it? Why couldn't you get a deal done? You, your owner, Rick Grosbeck, basically said you didn't want to get fleeced. Was that the situation? Were were they asking? for far too much from your team? Because there have been rumors out there of some deals, including that Philadelphia deal. It didn't look like it was a fleece job. Right. So, yeah, I wouldn't believe what I read about what deals. I mean, that's that's a big problem in the, in the media industry right now, Glenn. It's like something will be reported on Twitter, um, even by a fairly credible source, that like uh, on deals that weren't even discussed, let alone accuracy of, of exactly the deal. And, you know, one huge piece missing in a deal can make all the difference in the world in the value of a, of a trade, right? So, um, no, I agree with you. Some of the things that I've heard were, yeah, we'll do those deals That's what, all day long. But that, so but that gets that people... Use, yeah, they I, gotta, get, I think you got to get your common sense. You know, like, we're not stupid. We're trying to do... I mean, I think every we've made it pretty clear what we're trying to do. And we weren't able to do it. I mean, I don't think it's really brain surgery or that complicated. And if it sounds like a deal that you should have done for sure, you can be assured that we probably would have done that deal. Do you think some of the other teams that you were discussing, like it just, I'm just going to throw some teams out, Philly and Chicago, based on what we were hearing, that they were almost trying to start a bidding war and trying to get someone to bite on something that just didn't make sense. And that's why Wick was talking about just being flat out like ripoff attempts. Well, so first of all, I, I, I can't, talk at all about teams i won't sacrifice the integrity of my relationship with the people that i deal with in this league but um you know of course that's that's the nature of negotiations i mean there's 30 teams vying for the best players and um and most of our competition is is very good the the league is, is getting smarter the competition is getting tougher it's harder to find transcendent players, all these kinds of things. But, um, you know, I don't, I don't know what their game plan is, but they're, you know, you'll have a conversation with a party and an organization, but now it's, you've got to have a committee to decide, well, okay, we'll do that, but let me take it with ownership. And then they go to ownership and they come back and it's like a whole different deal than it was discussed. And so now there's no deal and you're back to square one. I mean, but those kind of things go on not just in sports, not just in the NBA. Those go on in, in negotiations with every business that, that is involved in purchasing businesses. It's just negotiation tactics. So I wouldn't describe it as Wick described it, but I would describe it as a pretty normal part of my business. <laughs> so, so were you? Like, what does it tell you when you know Wick goes up there? They make the pick, and the crowd is booing. What does that tell you about the fans and their appetite for you know reaching that next level? Well, I, I think two things. Like um, I know that that some of the very best picks are booed, and I don't. It, it, fans are cheering popularity, and I mean I get all sorts of requests everywhere I go. You know, hey, draft Bender. Uh, hey, draft <laughs> Murray. Hey, draft Buddy Heal. Hey, draft. You know, we're my family is going to do this we're hoping that you guys are going to draft this guy and so like we i understand like everybody has their favorite players and that's our job is to try to figure out who has the best upside who has a chance to become one of those transcendent players and knowing that they also have a chance of failure 
So that's just that's just the nature of what we do. And some of the very best draft picks that I've been involved in, um, you know, from Steve Nash um, to Sean Marion, last year Porzingis, we saw the same thing. Uh, you know, the New York fans went crazy, ballistic, booing. They didn't know who Porzingis was. And what I'm saying is Boston fans don't know who Jalen is. If you want a really good picture of Jalen, you should you should uh, call Bill Walton. I think he broadcast 10 or 12 of Jalen's games in the Pac-12 last yeah, year. It's a good idea. We could ask him one question and do an hour and a half, right? <laughs> there you go. Good nonstop. But let me, let me ask you this, because you admitted that you started with trades. That was the intention. And you ended up with this. It's obvious, I think, to everybody that you truly believe that Jalen Brown, of those guys three, two through eight, has the greatest upside maybe two, three, four years from now. Is that fair to say? Yeah. Okay. So I look at the rest of the list here, and I'm saying to myself, there's probably not a single guy on this list that's going to get any type of significant playing time. Matter of fact, you're probably going to have two first-rounders here who you're going to stash away over in Europe. But you didn't spend much money yesterday. You spent like $4 million for Jalen Brown, you've got all of this money right now, and there are some free agents out there. What happens? Right. What happened? Right. Go ahead. Okay, so so first of all, the the first thing is is that um, with Jalen, like yes, I don't think he's going to reach his potential, you know, for three, four, five years from now to, fully. But the the good thing about Jalen is with his physicality and his body and athleticism and his strength and maturity, I think he, he can play in an NBA game right now. He can contribute now. He's, he won't reach his full potential till later. But the rest of the draft, you know, we just are taking the best players available. We're just taking the guys that, that we think are, are the best assets. But in the meantime, throughout this entire draft, we were trying to get players and talked with most every team in the NBA – for the different picks. Like we were still trying to trade, but we weren't able to for, for a couple of reasons. I think that the difference in the NBA now than it was even just five years ago is that there's, you know, like not very many teams have full 15 man rosters right now. So they're not desperate to dump and there's nobody trying to dump contracts to free up cap space because everybody has cap space for the next two years, for the next two summers, you're going to see that as the TV money has just, you know, almost doubled the cap, the salary cap. So it's a unique time where we are. And those, and those kind of deals are just harder to get. And I'm not saying you expect to get a star at 16 or 23 in the draft, but you know, sometimes you can get, uh, you know, an okay player. Um, but you know, then you have to make a decision. For example, you take a team like Charlotte who, you know, traded Malachi Richardson, a uh, 20-year-old kid from Syracuse, a good upside for Marco Bellinelli. Mm-hmm. Um, so you see that, you know, Marco's a good player, but he's 30-ish, 30, 31 years old, been around the league a while, and it's just two different philosophies of, a, of teams and where they're at. Okay, so you've let's look at your situation. You've got all of this money. You just admitted that all these other teams have this money, and – Let's say you can't get one of those top 15 players to show up, a Kevin Durant to come and play for the Boston Celtics. Are you going to use that money up to 
maybe overpay a Harrison Barnes, who's a free agent, and because of the economic conditions in the league, is probably going to make far more money than he's worth. Well, you know, like I just said, I just made, I just told you one thing about my philosophy. I certainly can't talk about free agents, but what I can't, you know, the there's more money than there are players. That's a good thing for so, the. So that's, how, a, that's a good thing okay. for the players. Okay, but that how does that <laughs> yeah, how does very, that help you very, though, Danny? Very good, very good thing for players. It doesn't help me, man. It yeah, helps. It, it it helps me. Like we're in the same position. I'm just saying, like we have two max contracts to offer. So if somebody wants to, if there's a, ten, a team, a tandem team that wants to come play, that helps. Like not every team has that, but every team has some cap space. But my point, what I was trying to make is that people aren't like giving away, you know some role players to try to get a star player or, you know, just create cap space and flexibility right, like has, right. has happened in the past. But right. no, I mean, listen, that's, those are, those are great questions Thank that you. we all have to address <laughs> tell them that, you know, in, in a situation. Yeah, but you've already said it, Danny, you've, history. but you've already said it. The only way you can win in the league right now is to go out and get a top 10 player or a couple of them, or in some cases, maybe three of them. And I'm wondering how you do that. When you've got all right. this money and everybody else has all of this money and you don't have enough players to attract that guy, I almost feel the only way you can do it is to convince somebody out there, hey, you go, like LeBron did, you go and pick your, your best friend and tell us who he is, and if he's a free agent, we're going to bring both of you to Boston right now. But what are the chances of pulling that off? Right, well, you know, first of all, I wouldn't say that we don't have players that would to attract anybody. I mean... You know, you're you're assuming that the only player that can attract somebody is some other top ten player. You don't have a lot of those guys. I mean, Isaiah's I a terrific player. You don't have a lot of them. I I I know, but what I understand, what but you got to understand that, like situations. Not I'm not saying sunshine, paying no taxes that some other places might have an advantage over us. But you know, there are players, and I'm you know I have to believe this. It's my job is to sell our product and you know there are players out there that have shown interest in boston in the past and we've come very very close and you know we didn't lose out because we were boston or we didn't lose out because we didn't have another star guy in all those cases it's just there's there's always some reason but i'm still optimistic that our boston celtics organization and, and city of boston and our history can be an attractive place for some even though it's never happened in the history of the Celtics, um, with the exception of K- KG, which was, yes, a trade, but also he had to agree to sign here on an extension before a trade was made. So he could be included. He might be the only significant player that has chosen to come to Boston and um, that, you know, still with prime years left in his career. So, Danny, when it, when it comes to free agency, are you guys, is it, is it need based or is it just best available player based? No, it's need based in free agency, but you know the need of of a, of a really really good player at any position is is a need, right? So, um, yeah, so it, it'll be need based, but there will be some free agent signings, and if we strike out on uh, a list of players that we we seek, you know, our A list. Uh, we go to our B list, we go to our C list, and we go to our D list. But that doesn't mean that we um, – I remember uh, le- that I learned this with the way back re- 
Glenn will remember the names, but um, Roberto Alomar was a was a top notch second baseman and was a free agent going to the Dodgers and signed for a big contract. And the second second baseman on that list was uh, Jody Reed, and Jody Reed got a big contract because he was second on the list. Yeah. And so, like, you know, just because you don't get one, you can't just go to two and make the same offer. Harrison Bourne. You can't go to three and you can't go to three and make the same offer. You got to use, spend your money wisely, and you got to retain your flexibility. And in the meantime, um, you know, we felt like we did what the best. The best thing was was we drafted a player that we think has a really good upside, a chance to be a really good player. Well, how about the some of the guys on your own team right now? Like your player options on Amir, Direkbo. And then uh, Evan Turner is an unrestricted free agent. Uh, do you, are you starting to talk to those guys now that the draft is over and free agency is you know right around the corner? Well, so Jonas and Amir are under contract, and so we will have a conversation with them. Evan is a free agent that we can't talk to until July 1st, even though he's our own free agent. And um, so we will put an immediate call into Evan, and just out of respect, if nothing else, but we do have – interest in Evan possibility or we may need to use his, his cap space to sign a different player so you know all of those things are options but you know I believe in being up front with our players and giving them the information they're big boys they can handle it and and um, but it's possible to have any of our guys back or none of them back I just we don't know yet it was reported last night just before you were ready to draft, that you probably were going to take Chris Dunn. And a lot of people anticipated you were taking Chris Dunn because you had a couple of deals in the works. Obviously, those deals did not come through. Was there any conversation internally in your little war room there, uh, which was nice? It was the locker room. It was a, a really nice uh, te- television set. But did you ever have any conversation about taking Dunn and trying to further a deal after the draft was over? Sure. So, uh, very good questions. And so I think that, listen, we talked with a lot of teams and there were some teams that wanted to get up. Uh, and that there was a lot of speculation that, that Phoenix was going to take Bender. There were some teams that wanted Bender at number three. There were some teams that wanted Marquise Chris at number three. You ended up going eight. There was teams that wanted Jalen Brown at three. Um, there were teams that wanted Chris Dunn at three. So I think that, um, what I've experienced is usually the hottest moment is right before those picks are made. So, like, for example, we did not have a deal with Ray Allen until minutes before that pick was made, and, and we got the deal done. And usually when, the, when a team walks away from a negotiation, it's usually not coming back. And so I think that that is unwise. I mean, we had a long time. I mean, like, we, first of all, we like this guy. We think he's going to be a good player and Bender and Chris and Buddy Heald and, you know, that whole group of guys in that sort of second tier in this draft. And um, that was a very difficult decision in its own right. But I think it's dangerous to draft a guy just to be able to have a higher trade value because, first of all, we don't know who has a higher trade value. Teams that needed versatile wings like Jalen, teams that needed point guards like Chris, um, and by, and you know all the way down. Mm. I thoroughly admit that Jalen Brown for me has been watching a lot of highlights and not staying up real late like you, Danny, and watching uh, California play at eleven o'clock at night. But the two things that hit me with him and, and tell me how you project that in in the pros. The one thing everybody loves about him 
is obviously his use off the ball, really strong. On the other hand, to me, he drops his head. And I'm wondering, other teams are going to sit there and say, put a body on him. He's going to charge. He's going to try to go right through you. And the other one is the numbers I see that when he shoots from anywhere, uh, (laughs) outside of inside, he shoots at 28% and 29% from the – from the three-point stripe, you know the game is changing. You know you've got to have that element to your game. Where, what am I missing here on Jalen Brown? You know, I think that you're missing what what we've seen him do. You know, for the two years prior to this year's draft or this year's college season. Um, you guys know this, I'm sure, but you know he was a, a guy that was projected number two in the draft at this time for yep. next year. Mm-hmm. So, like, next year's draft is supposed to be way, way better, and they already have the list of who's the top five picks. And usually those are fairly close to accurate. If a guy's not that that high, he's usually pretty close with, with a few exceptions. But um, Jalen was a guy that we've been watching for a long time. We've seen him play against good players that are in the NBA right now with great success and be the better player. Um, I've seen him in two draft workouts uh, against really good college players or uh, guys that, are, that were drafted today uh, or yesterday that are, you know, and watched him make shots. And um, I'm not so concerned. I, I am concerned with those numbers. Um, I think there's some things that went, you know, the way that Cal played with two bigs all the time and, and with a non-shooting point guard, um, they didn't have the greatest facing. I'm not trying to make excuses for him. How about the, the, how about the free those throws, Danny? Those, those, are, those are concerning. And, Yes, I think that there's times where, um, you know, Jalen is not a perfect finished product by Austria. He's been able to overpower kids in, um, throughout his time because of his body and power and explosive athleticism. But, um, yeah, he's, he's got to make some better decisions. But, you know, again, Glenn, I focus on what he can do. Like, I look at the things that Jalen Brown can do. And with all these kids, um, we have gone through them with a fine-tooth comb. We have looked at everything they've done, offensively, defensively, with their character, uh, how hard they work. We, we look at every bit of their, their background. We talk to a lot of different people um, in regards to them. So we see the good, the bad, the ugly, and the great. You know, we keep having this discussion, Danny, about, you know, the way, you know, how young – you know, kids are when they come out in the draft and how different it was, I guess, back when you were playing, back when you were coming out, and just how you project what these guys are going to do based on the fact that they're 18 and 19 years old. I mean, is the, is the success rate for projecting a good player the same as it was, or does as, or is it harder, you know, now that they're younger, or does it even matter? Well, I will say this, that, you know, when I first got this job, and Glenn and I talked about this before, um, way back when, when you know there was a time when um, it was unheard of to draft Kevin Garnett with the number five pick. Like, why would you do that? This guy weighs 180 pounds, and and, and you know Kobe Bryant went 13th in the draft. Well, everybody knew these were the top high school players in the country, and you know I think LeBron was different. He was like a no-brainer. You just look at him, and just it was you know easily to anyone's eye that he was going to be very special in the NBA right away. But um, it was, and so like the first 28 or 29 of those guys that were one, two, or three in their high school class, 
that were applying for the draft, I think like 95% of them all turned out to be great NBA players and have great NBA careers. And then the more started coming out. And, you know, so like I would put Jalen Brown into one of those kind of guys. I mean, Jalen Brown is one of those guys that at age 18 was one of, was the number two high school rated player in the country, uh, you know, only behind Ben Simmons. And, um, you know, didn't have a great freshman year, but you have to ask, okay, what would have happened had he played at Duke? And what would have happened if Brandon Ingram had gone to LSU? And what would have happened if just in different settings and different environments? But I think if, if Brandon Ingram, Ben Simmons, and Jalen Brown all came out in high school, I think it's like a 95% chance that all three of them succeed. And, I, you know, I, I, I do look at that. And um, I think that those guys fall into that category because they're all – unique and special and gifted athletes with basketball talents at a very young age and an NBA body. Now, let me ask you one more. How busy will you be in the trade market, especially when we get past the July 1st? You've already admitted you obviously want to get aggressive in the free agency market. What about trades? Yeah, same thing. I mean, we'll, we'll be talking trades even before free agency starts. So we're right. We're back at it today. All right, you're thrilled with your number one uh, pick. You know you're going to live and die with this guy. You know that, right? Yeah, no. And listen, uh, you know I'm not I'm not worried at all about. Um, you know I think it's I think it's sort of wrong. I mean, like I don't mind being booed. I mean, oh, you love it. Is, <laughs> you kidding me? You love it. I, I mean, know you. I you're mean, eating this yeah. up. <laughs> I know. When when Boo walked, when when Wick walked up there last night to address the crowd, I was like, "No, I, I should be doing that, and I want to do that." I don't think Wick yeah, liked he it. Looked, by he, looked, he looked a little I, flustered. He did. He looked uncomfortable. He like he liked you it. should have gone out there and taken the uh, bullet. You should have done that. Well, you know. That. I mean, and, and I should take the bullet. And, and ultimately, ultimately, if Jalen if Jalen doesn't turn out, then it was obviously a bad pick, and I deserve to be booed for sure. And it, but like, give the kid a chance. I mean, my goodness, and don't don't make judgments on what you like or what you don't like, but you should be um, excited about the potential of this young kid and, and give him, like, a real chance to, to be great before you make your judgment. That's your job. That's not the fan's job. You know how this all works. You've been around no, long no, enough. No, hey, listen, it's, a, it's one of my favorite things about, about this area, and, you know, not just Boston, but it is fun. And like I told you a couple of examples in Phoenix, it was the same way. And we saw it in New York last year go crazy. And, and all it did was show how stupid the fans were. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You but, just said yeah. that. You just but, said that. See, there you no, go no, again. No, no. no, I mean, I'm you want them to the buy Phoenix season fans, tickets and call them stupid. No, I'm saying the reaction is stupid. I'm not saying the people are stupid. I'm saying that, that they get fall in love and, in this one, I, you know, like there was no way to keep everybody happy because, like I said, there was a lot of good choices. And so, you know, I, I'm, I'm probably – there was probably four or five really good choices. And uh, – but I'm not sure any one of them would have been, like, extremely popular. All right. Danny, All right, man. Thanks for joining us. We appreciate thanks. it. Appreciate right, it. guys. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news – you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. 
Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.